Today is part three of our sermon series, Short Stories by Jesus, and today we look at a story found in the gospel according to Matthew, verse, uh, chapter 25, beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. May God bless this reading to our understanding. It was a beautiful night on the plaza. Reverend Tyler Heston and I were taking three Disciples of Christ ministers visiting from Texas out to dinner in Kansas City. We decided to take them out for barbecue on the plaza. Now we had parked our cars and we were walking together, the five of us, to Jack Stack Barbecue. I was deeply engrossed in conversation, catching up with these old friends and laughing and talking and sharing updates on our respective churches. And we were just about to run that test one more time to see what is better, Kansas City barbecue or Texas barbecue. And just as I grabbed the door handle to the restaurant and was about to walk in, I turned around and noticed that two of us were not there. They were several blocks behind us. I could see them kind of in the dusk now. They had stopped and they were talking to a man who was asking them for money. And I thought to myself, now, why are they doing that? As clergy, as people who spend their lives working inside the church, they know that the right thing to do in this situation is either to give out some food, which we did not have with us, or to make sure that they were connected to the closest social service agency that could help them locate housing and food and a job. And just as all this was going through my head, I noticed that the two clergy had placed their arms on the shoulders of the homeless person standing on the street, and the three of them were standing there together, heads bowed in prayer. 
and I felt like a slug. I had walked right past that person in need, and I had not even noticed him on the sidewalk. I was busy talking church. Fortunately, two of the clergy in our group of five took the time to look up and see. At that moment, I felt exactly as I do when I read this parable from the Gospel of Matthew about the sheep and the goats. It's so easy to see oneself as the goat, the one who didn't notice the person who was hungry on the street, the one who was afraid to look right in the eye at the person standing with the cardboard sign on the corner. Sometimes we just don't want to get involved with the stranger. Maybe it's a refugee. Maybe it's someone speaking a language that we don't understand, and we're busy. What about the time that the neighbor down the street was going through cancer treatments and we were going to sign up to take a meal, but we never quite got around to it? Or about the time we heard about that prison ministry that sounded really great, taking books, reading, teaching the arts in prison, but it seemed a little frightening, a little risky, maybe took more courage than we had. The final story that Jesus tells in the gospel according to Matthew is this particular story about the sheep and the goats. It's as if Matthew tells this story as the crescendo of all the other stories that have been told throughout the gospel. It's, it's as if Matthew is taking a yellow highlighter and saying, don't forget this section, look at this. If you forget everything else that Jesus said and did, at least remember this. And the story says that there was a king sitting up on a throne angels all around the king, and then the king begins to separate the sheep from the goats. Sheep over here on the right, you are the ones who are always feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and visiting the prisoner. Goats, over here, says the king, you, you know who you are. You didn't give a drink of water to the thirsty. You did not welcome the stranger, the one who looked different from you, did, you did not visit the sick. The story of the sheep and the goats, it makes us squirm. And it should. That's, that's why these stories are there. The, the stark separation of the sheep and the goats makes us look inward and wonder, are we doing enough? I have a friend who's a nurse. She works for a major medical center, and her job is to call people on the phone and to schedule their appointments for surgery, for chemotherapy, for radiation. And a few weeks back, she called a patient who needed to see the surgeon and said, here's your appointment time, and, and here's what time you need to be there. And he said, ma'am, I don't, I don't have a car. And she said, oh, that's okay. The hospital has a transport system. Just tell me your address, and, and we'll send a, a van to pick you up. And he put down the phone, and he said, does anybody know the address here? And she realized he was living in transitional housing. He didn't even know what part of the city he was in. And so she said, sir, sir, if you could just get a piece of paper and a pen, I will give you all the information about the appointment. And... Can, do you have a pen? Can, can you get some paper? I'll wait. And he said, ma'am, I can't read or write. Sometimes it is overwhelming to try to figure out how to help the least of these, as Matthew calls them in this gospel. And so we wonder if we are doing enough. We question 
if we have clearly heard Jesus' word to care for those who are sick and in prison, who are hungry and thirsty. And, and I think that the reality is that there's a little bit of that compassion and caring exhibited by the sheep in every single one of us. And there's a little bit of that callous aloofness of the goat in every single one of us. A couple of weeks ago, many of you were here when we celebrated the church's centennial, and we were blessed by the presence of many of our former clergy. And I was talking the night before with one of our former ministers that I worked with many years ago when I first began, and I said, do you realize that you started the adult mission trip program here and that that has just been so powerful in the life of our church? And he laughed and he said, you know, when I first made that suggestion that we take doctors and nurses and people who knew about construction and teachers to places like Haiti and Guatemala, there was one woman in the church who said, nobody wants to do that. Nobody's going to go on a trip like that. Let's just send some money. Nobody is going to sign up. You can try it, but nobody's going to go. I said, wow. It must have been really frustrating. He said, I was so frustrated that I didn't know what to do, but we tried it anyway. And I said, well, who was that that said that? And he told me her name. And I said, you are kidding me. Every mission trip I took for 20-something years, that woman contributed $1,000, $1,500, sometimes $3,000 to make sure that a young doctor could go on the trip or a young person just out of college who couldn't afford to go had their way paid. Or she would send money for seeds for the farmers in Nicaragua or for pharmaceuticals for the clinic in Haiti. She was always there. No one, I said, no one supported that adult mission trip more generously and consistently than that person. A sheep and a goat. Sometimes you and I fear that we are the goat, that we are the one that fails to pay attention to human need. And it's true that in this country, in this land of plenty, that it is easy to get caught up in our own bubble. For instance, it's almost Halloween. And two Halloweens ago, Americans spent a half billion dollars at Halloween time on Halloween costumes for their pets. Not asking you to raise your hand. <laughs> Americans are projected to spend $189.3 billion on cosmetics and skin care by the year 2025. I, I raised my hand for that one. And during 2020, a year when many of us were home more than we had wanted to be home, we Americans spent 612 hours on average, which translates into 25 days of our lives watching Netflix. It is easy for us to not pay attention to the least of these. Sometimes we are just too busy rushing to the next soccer game, going out for barbecue on the plaza, completing that report that's due by midnight tonight for the boss. There are only so many hours of the day, and we can't help everyone. We can't get everything on the to-do list done. Now, other times, we kind of read this parable and pat ourselves on the back 
And we think, well, yeah, we are the sheep. For example, two Saturdays ago, 80 folks in our congregation showed up on a Saturday morning to plant 98 trees in the northeast part of Kansas City. The day after that, I read an article in a national publication that described how planting trees and adding green spaces to the urban parts of a city dramatically and measurably improves the community life. In one community on the East Coast, studies revealed that gun violence decreased by 29% after they added trees and green space to this part of the city. Also, they found in that same neighborhood, once they added these green places, that the rates of depression amongst those living in the urban core plummeted. Caring for the fragile earth and caring for God's fragile people go hand in hand. I look out at the people in these pews, and that includes those of you who are worshiping with us from home today, and I say, wow, you are amazing. You are caring for people in the ways that Jesus taught us to care for people. You are revealing God's love and compassion to the least of these. You do this collectively as a church with the huge grants that you make, both locally and internationally. You do it in the ways that we join together in service projects locally and internationally. You behave as the sheep, not just as a group, but I see you doing it individually. I have seen you over the years. Even if your job doesn't require it, but you're in the legal profession, you make extra time to visit the prisoner. Some of you provide scholarships for kids who otherwise could not go to college. Some of you are working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, but still making time in your schedules to be a big brother or a big sister to an at-risk youth in our city. Some of you are taking on complex pro bono cases in your professional lives. Some of you have even taken in a teenager in a time of crisis to live in your home. There is one story that stands out in my mind from 30 years ago. This story reminds me that that list that Jesus gives in this story could have been much longer, that we can add to that list. It's kind of a for-example list, the sick, the prisoner, but we could include in that list those who are victims of homophobia or transphobia. We could include in that those who are mistreated in our culture because of their skin tone or their religious preference. It could include in that list those who are pushed aside because they are struggling with a mental illness or because they are elderly or because they are physically frail. And so this story happened really in this room. I was working with a group of young adults in the church many years ago to start a new young adult group. And I decided that if we took these first three pews and ask the young adult class to sit in those pews, that when other people came to visit the church, the, the young adult class would be visible and afterwards they could gather together for brunch or to find out about the Sunday school class or their small groups. And so I really laid it on the line that this is what the young adults should do. They nodded. And then after the meeting, one of the young men, about 25 years old, he came up to me and he said, do I have to? I said, what do you mean, do you have to? He said, do I have to sit down front with the young people? He said, one reason I come to church is because 
I love sitting on the back two or three pews of the church with a couple of elderly gentlemen who are always there. They seem a bit lonely. I love visiting with them. We've kind of struck up a relationship, and it reminds me of my grandpa. I said, please stay on the back row. Do not move up front. Jesus tells this story about sheep and goats. Are we the guilty goats or the smug sheep? At the end of the story comes a shocking twist. The sheep and the goats are the same. Both the sheep and the goats, according to this story, are oblivious to the truth that Jesus reveals. Both the sheep and the goats ask the same question. When? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you sick or in prison? And Jesus says to both groups, to the sheep and the goats, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Both groups are shocked. You see, when the sheep were gracious and kind, they didn't realize they were doing that to Jesus. When the goats were self-absorbed and careless, they didn't realize they were doing that to Jesus. If they'd known it was Jesus, they would have behaved differently. The sheep were simply expressing a natural overflow of caring and compassion for those in need. They weren't calculating how to get into God's good graces. You see, in the act of serving, in the act of sitting with the elderly gentleman on the second to the back row, in the act of reaching out to the patient who had no transportation, in the act of reaching out to those who needed medical care in Nicaragua, in the act of planting a tree, something happened inside of the person. And they could see. They could see a person was not the least. The person was the face of our beloved God. Something was set free, and the goats could now reach out and reach out to the hungry and the elderly and the refugee. And we could even look into the face of the person on the corner holding a cardboard sign, we'll work for food. After this story, Jesus tells no more stories in the gospel according to Matthew. Instead, Jesus turns and goes to the cross. And now... Jesus is the one who is in prison, awaiting the trial that will lead to his crucifixion. And now, Jesus is the one plodding along the road to Calvary, and he says, I thirst. Jesus is there himself, one of the least, the lost, the last. It is the least likely place we ever expected to find the king of the universe.